Welcome to On San Francisco, the San Francisco Chronicle podcast on the people and politics making headlines in the city by the bay. I'm Chronicle columnist Heather Knight, and I'm here with artist Zach Ove, who created the 40 eye-popping sculptures now on display in Civic Center Plaza. I talked to him about the inspiration for his work, how the pieces are a counterpoint to the controversial Pioneer Monument, and his thoughts on San Francisco on his first ever visit to our city. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you very much for having me here. Thank you. So the Invisible Man and the Mask of Blackness will be on display in front of our city hall until November. Yes. And um, I think people who stumble upon it are going to be pretty surprised. Can you talk about the idea for it and how you initially developed this? Yeah, of course I can. Um, Initially, I had um, been asked to make a work for Somerset House in London which, as you know, is uh, also kind of a similar-looking building in appearance, uh, period. It used to be the Palace of King James. And when I began to research how to approach making a work for the court of Somerset House, um, I was thinking about the context. The context at that point was the 154 African Art Fair that was coming to London, Mm -hmm. and how to appropriate a piece of work that really spoke about Africa, its modernity, the diaspora, in modern terms. Mm-hmm. And what I had done essentially was taken an, an African figure that was from a small carving that my father had given me as a child, and I had enlarged that as a, if you like, using clay, made a bigger version of it, mm-hmm. and then cast it in graphite. The reason I was interested in graphite versus, um, say, wood carving or another form of statue making was because I wanted an investiture into the, the black texture of the skin that felt modern mm. and futuristic. Mm-hmm. I wanted to take away from the ebony wood experience that I think galvanizes how we kind of unconsciously look at African statue making or, or carving in that sense. Often with uh, a story we bring to it in terms of how it was made and uh, the context of a village and, and wood carvers mm-hmm. and outsider art. What I was more interested in was the design that I saw within that mm-hmm. in context to the kind of hereditary or heritage of its people. But how could I put that in a context in a way that then spoke about the future, that spoke about uh, Africa and its contemporary moment, and also most importantly to me, that spoke about the diaspora, what it is to look or be African and born abroad, and what the trajectory mm-hmm. of a diaspora is to be post that moment. I mean, as you know now, there's probably, what, 600 million people of African descent living outside of the continent. I was interested in the dialogue of what happens as multiculturalism takes us further and further beyond mm-hmm. the point of departure, mm-hmm. how we refer to our history and heritage, mm-hmm. and how we celebrate that in years to come, in a right. sense. And so the, these are 40 sculptures that are all identical, yeah. and they each weigh more than 300 pounds, correct? That's correct, How did you physically yes. do that? It sounds like a very daunting undertaking. No, well, it's just a very long and patient undertaking. Each one has to be cast separately in a mold. Uh-huh. Um, pretty much making one piece over the period of a week and then another piece over the period of another week and so forth and so on. And so, like you said, you displayed it originally in England and how did it come to be that you brought it to San Francisco? Well, thank you to Jill Manton who found the work through her investigations, I think, um, looking at other projects she's involved in like Treasure Island, um, Mm -hmm. discovered this work. And I think part of their conversation was also that it's been pointed out that um, the Pioneer Monuments at the other end of the square mm-hmm. um, are kind of shed or have been cast in, in, in bad light due to the relationship between what the figures exemplify between the relationship between American heroes 
and Native Americans and African Americans mm-hmm. in situ. So I think that Jill and her team felt this work in its nobility and its peaceful demonstration was an interesting portrayal, if you like, mm-hmm. through an installation of something that brings to life a sense of the politics counteracting kind uh, of a counterpoint to yeah, the pioneer counterpoint monument. to the pioneer monuments in a way what do you think of the pioneer monument it's been very controversial in san francisco for decades and it's still up yes i mean i think i mean it is kind of what it is it's it was obviously made at a point in time where people weren't really considering equality in the way they are today the most important thing that's come through this to me mm-hmm. is the acknowledgement that i think as your own paper pointed out i'm the first person of african descent to make work that's being put in the situation Wow. That really, that to me was quite shocking yeah. in its own, in yeah. that, that, that kind of, uh, that, that there wasn't a more multicultural works being showcased throughout San Francisco. There's actually only um, two statues representing women in all of San Francisco wow. out of more than 80 statues. You're kidding statues. me. You see, yeah. to me, that's, that's a huge critical mass and something that should be addressed immediately. I agree. I'm pushing and for I it. I hope <laughs> in the future there are more women sculptors and installation makers that, yeah. that fulfill that legacy. Yeah, me I too. I mean, it's really important. And San Francisco is such an exciting place to put work up. I must yes. say I'm thrilled to be here. I'm very excited that work has been well received. Um, I was specifically excited that the work was coming here to City Hall um, Plaza. It's been uh, a home of demonstration for great socialist moments and movements for inequality of all sorts Mm -hmm. and for gender inequality. Um, Both of my parents were big activists themselves. um, And so this was quite special for me. Yeah, it's a real honor. Coming from my kind of uh, political history and background to be able to put work Mm -hmm. in a place where such amazing demonstration and discourse has taken place. You know, it was a real honor in that sense. Some people see the um, hand movements in your sculptures as being like a don't shoot pose and have said the piece brings to mind Black Lives Matter and I was wondering if you can speak to that as a black man living in England and Trinidad. Well I mean I definitely wanted the pieces of work to speak about the invisibility of what it is to be a black male in context to the western world, in Mm -hmm. context to modern cities. I wonder in the United States how many moments away any African American male is from that point of invisibility like so many on the blocks of this city I see every single day who live in isolation, mm-hmm. though they are here amidst thousands of people, are completely ignored, uh, cut off from conversation, from a social life. It's quite a scary thing to witness coming to the States from abroad, yeah. to see this en masse. And one wonders how, in the future, it's dealt with how these people are recognized, quite literally. Right. I hope this is a salutation in some ways to their struggle and to that isolation. Mm-hmm. I hope this is a situation we can change with some provocation of thought and coming together. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that really needs to be addressed. You told me you hadn't visited San Francisco until the installation, and I was wondering you know, how all of the misery that's so obvious on the sidewalks of San Francisco has struck you, because I hear from people from other cities who come as visitors or business people or tourists, and they're just shocked by what they see, and I was wondering if you felt the same way. I think it's, it's twofold, isn't it? It's very shocking always to witness people struggle when it's that open, when literally their front room is the street on a busy afternoon, mm-hmm. and, and that their privacy is no longer theirs at all. Mm-hmm. Um, strikingly though, one thing that I did reflect on was how in San Francisco, obviously, the reason that they've arrived here 
is because there's a relationship or some symbiosis where at least they're recognized, where there is some help. Mm -hmm. Because I would imagine in every other city that we don't see this, that they're hidden, that this hasn't actually changed in any way, city by city by city. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's not on view to us. Right. So I guess my point with that is, whereas I could be in New York or Los Angeles, probably not seeing this in, in the critical way on mass that we see in San Francisco, but I mean in LA, one only has to go to the back of downtown to find a city of homeless people on the same scale, yeah. away from the mainstream. Um, as somebody explained to me, San Francisco has been uh, good in supporting people in, uh, with homelessness, with drug issues, etc. I don't think they can be ignored but the bigger issue is how do we deal with it? Right. I mean, I do, I find it, it, it heart-rendering and, and it very disturbing to see people suffer en masse in this way. But what's a bigger uh, question to me is really what is the solution versus just trying to ignore that. How does it compare to London in that regard? Oh, I think it's quite impactful by comparison, the scale here. Uh -huh. But then one has to consider also that this seems to be mainly in one district, mm -hmm. quite akin to City Hall here in this part of um, the city. Mm -hmm. um, London, in a sense, is, is not too dissimilar in that some areas you feel that more than others. Um, I mean, we have a massive homeless issue. We have a massive unemployment issue. We have a, a lot of problem with drugs. As you know, the murder rate has just exceeded New York this year. Oh, wow. and we don't even have guns. So this is violence and, and hatred that's being spread with knives. We have all sorts of problems that very much reflect exactly what you're going through here in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. uh, a middle class that's diminishing, uh, if you like, a kind of vacuous moment where rich and poor kind of dwell with no bonding in between. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it, I think it's a global issue. Similar yeah. themes, right. Um, on a positive note, what have been your favorite parts of San Francisco while you've been here? Oh, I've really enjoyed visiting. I mean, actually, I mean, for a start, I was shocked at how, how stylish it was, that the incredible geography. Um, I haven't got one area in particular uh -huh. that I love more than any other, but I would say that I just think it's, it's absolutely beautiful. How many was, weeks are you spending here? Um, not long enough, but what I would really love is to come back and yeah. have reasons to spend more time. So. I hope I've been seeing people that will bring me back to do exhibitions uh -huh. and, and, and future talks. If there's any way I can work here in the future with things like the Treasure Island project or mm -hmm. other situations, I'd be very happy to. Right. Um, and what's next for these uh, 40 sculptures? Where are they going to head after San Francisco? I'm hoping there's a possibility that they might go to Los Angeles. Uh -huh. uh, I'm in discussion with LA County Museum. They're also very interested in this experience. And now I'm looking for other institutions to team up with to see how these pieces might tour further into the United States uh -huh. and speak in different ways. When we installed this work, a woman came up and she looked very tearful asking me if it was a memorial. Mm. She then explained that her son had been stabbed 32 times, literally two blocks from where we were putting the work. Oh up, my God. You know? And in context, it's, it's harrowing and awful to think what people have to deal with and worrying about raising children within three blocks of City Hall, mm -hmm. you know, this is ridiculous. It is. So, yeah, I hope this helps to address an issue that really needs looking at. Great. Well, thank you so much for being with me today, and congratulations on your exhibit. And thank you very much, and thank you for all your wonderful <laughs> press, and it's been great being here. Thank you.
This show is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Our theme music is San Francisco by Gazprom, courtesy of the Free Music Archive. The show is produced by Dominic Fercasa and Fernando Diaz. For more City Hall coverage, you can follow Dominic on Twitter at Dominic Fercasa and me at HNightSF. Check out all of our coverage at sfchronicle.com. <laughs>